Father, we just want to thank you that, Lord, we are forever yours. Wherever we are, whoever we are, whenever, that you are always there for us and with us. Father, we just want to thank you that we have this privilege once again to sit at your feet beneath the shadow of the cross this week to listen to your word, to have your word transform us more and more into the likeness of Christ. And I commit this time into your hands, Father, that truly teach us as we wait upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, dear folks. And it's great that you have taken time off to join us now, even to have a look into God's Word and see what it says for this morning. I'd just like to start off by sharing an incident that just happened about three months ago. There was a shooting star that appeared in the pre-dawn sky over Malaysia. Only one or two people managed to record the rare event on video and posted it in the media. Then it went viral. It was beautiful, probably inspiring the few who had seen it either to make wishes or to go into a panic attack, depending on which side of the fear scale they were on. Anyhow, it was a rare sight to behold, burning brightly with the tail as it flies high across the sky. And then it goes out pop with a stupendous flare. It flies high, but it doesn't last long. Just a grand total of seven seconds in the night sky. We all don't want to be like a shooting star, do we? We would all like to fly high, but also to last long. That's right, we would like to last long too. We would want to go out in flames or be snuffed out, especially in this season of health concerns and economic upheaval. Keeping a flight or a float for some for the long haul sounds like a very good goal to have, don't you think? That's right. Now for our viewers who are out there, one of our favourite taglines in SIBKL is Fly high, last long. That's right. Come say it with me. Fly high, last long. It not only reminds us to be excellent for our Lord in all that we do, that is to fly high like the eagle as we wait upon the Lord, but also to stay on course for a long haul. It is suitably illustrated in Isaiah 40 verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength who soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In short, they that continuously find faith in God, that is to wait on or to hope in Him, will not only fly high like the eagle, but will also last long. Amen? That's right. Often we can understand what it means to fly high because it's usually very visible and where people generally focus their efforts. I mean, you can't really fly high and not have people take notice of you, right? But what does it really mean to last long? As we draw from God's Word today for inspiration and understanding, you'll find that this lasting long principle also applies to all of God's people everywhere. We shall see that lasting long comes not through stubborn will of men, nor through a lucky windfall of good fortune, or just pure hard work, but through obedience and trust in God. The faith that God will complete the good work that He started in each of us that knows Jesus Christ, as said in Philippians 1, verse 6. Then there is this other group of God's chosen people in the Old Testament, who we are about to see how they persevered through the most difficult of circumstances and challenges. And yet, come shining through by finding faith in the living God. Hallelujah! 
Who are they? They were the returning exilic Jews that arrived in Jerusalem. They had settled in and were all ready first to rebuild the temple of God that were completely in ruins. And then the city walls. They were full of enthusiasm, believing surely they must have been brought back by God to fulfill this sole purpose of restoring the past glories of the kingdom of Judah and the temple of Solomon. But were they prepared for the challenges and opposition that lay ahead? And how would they find the faith to rise up to persevere in the long run? Are you also interested to know how to find faith to last long? Yes? Come, let's read together portions from the book of Ezra, chapters 4 and 5, to find out, shall we? Reading from Ezra, chapter 4, verses 1 to 7, then 24, and then chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Let's read together. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Jerubbabel, Zerubbabel, that is, and to the heads of the families and said, Let us help you build, because like you we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, You have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord. For the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They hired counsellors to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Not only that, verse uh, 6, at the beginning of the reign of Xerxes, they lodged an accusation against the people of Judah and Jerusalem. And in the days of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Bishlam, Mithradath, Tamil, and the rest of his associates wrote a letter to Artaxerxes. The letter was written in Aramaic script and in the Aramaic language. Going down to verse 24. Thus, the work of the house of the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now Haggai the prophet. And Zechariah the prophet, a descendant of Edo, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Josadak, set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. At that time, Tatanai, governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shetar Bozenai, and their associates went to them and asked, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and restore this structure? They also asked, what are the names of the men constructing this building? Aha, take note of this verse. Chapter 5, verse 5. But the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews. And they would not stop until a report could go to Darius and his written reply be received. It's amazing, right? The Jews had gone through a difficult time. And as they went through it, they faced oppositions. We can draw lessons from these three biblical sections as we see how God provided for the returning exiles as they responded to each opposition 
or challenge as they came. You will also find striking similarities to our present situation, where restrictions due to COVID-19 pandemic and the economic downturn pose many parallel challenges for quite some time ahead. So, it is very relevant to our times. I could see these three sections relate to us to finding faith for the long run as one, God will give refuge. Where do you find that? It's in Ezra 4 verses 1 to 7 and then in verse 24. Two, God will give revival. That's in Ezra chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. And three, God will give resilience to you in Ezra 5 verses 3 to 5. How can we find faith to last long? Well, to start off with, the first thing is God will give you refuge. One only needs to seek refuge or shelter when in trouble or in need. And these are times when we'll turn only to the trusted few or that one that we know are absolutely capable of providing help. God of the Old Testament, New Testament, and the present day has been the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore that many, many will turn to in times of difficulty, challenges, or trouble. There are over a hundred biblical references to God being the refuge throughout the Bible. Like in Nahum 1 verse 7, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him. And in Psalm 46 verse 1, the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Wow. God is just that close, not only to us, but even to the returning exiles at the time. They found themselves in this sticky situation in Ezra chapter 4. They were certainly in trouble in a series of close unfortunate events. From the word go, when they set about rebuilding the temple, there was trouble coming from opposition to rebuilding. From verses 1 to 7 read just now, it came as a deception, as friendly help by the enemies. And then there was the spread of fear and discouragement amongst them. And thirdly, the bribing of officials to frustrate their building plans. Hmm. Now this does sound very familiar even in a Malaysian context, right? To our friends in the construction industry. When all else failed, the enemies complained to higher authorities. The kings, Xerxes and Artaxerxes, with false accusations about them. How many of you out there felt that you have been placed in a similar situation? What happened then to God's people? In Ezra 4 verse 24, it says, Thus, the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. If that were the end, everything would be lost. In fact, what happened was, when they faced opposition, work stopped. Let's do the math here. From the second year of the exilic return to the second year of Darius' rule, that's work stopped for 15 long years. Come on now, our PM is saying that we have to leave the MCO soon after how much? Just eight weeks of stop work because of severe economic repercussions. Now, how about 15 years here? Oh, sure, they, they may not have Wall Street at the time or KLSC, but I'm sure rebuilding the house of the Lord was their sole business then, their short to long-term enterprise. Their main purpose and life objective 
Because that's what they came back all the way from Babylon for. And for that season, this stop work had major economic and spiritual impacts. It was to be a time of waiting, almost like doing nothing. Perhaps with despondency seeping in. Perhaps people begin to question, why did God bring us back for all this? Perhaps even losing their hope and purpose with eyes turning away from God's design to men's agenda. They are like us there for the long haul. They were on a high when they returned to Jerusalem. Now, how are they going to find the faith, the hope of things to come and the assurance of things unseen to last that long and to carry on in the long term? Can you begin to see where we are going? They waited and waited and nothing seemed to happen. Work had stopped, but the truth is God didn't stop working. God, their refuge and ever-present help, was actively preparing them because why? They were not yet ready. He was retooling and moulding their attitudes and educating his people for that one Kairos moment. Kairos in Greek means the appointed time in the purpose of God. The time when God acts powerfully, like in David's Kairos moment, when he slung the stone and he hit Goliath. That was David's Kairos moment. Perhaps some of you are going through this long period of waiting, of inactivity. Remember Isaiah 40 verse 31. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's a time of preparation. They will soar on wings like eagles. Throughout Scripture, we can see that God gives refuge, gives shelter to men and women that waited upon Him. I just want to share some thoughts from Pastor Jeremiah. Some of you may have heard of him about these men and women of faith. Consider Noah. He was quarantined for one whole year above the ark. He was made a zookeeper. And then, when his family emerged with him to a brand new world after the Great Flood, they were privileged to populate the new world. Jacob had to slave for 20 years, 20 years under labor, to escape from his brother Esau, his own brother. But after that 20 years, he had a whole new big family and newly acquired wealth. Moses spent 40 years in the desert hinterland, in the backwaters, hardly because there were no waters there too. But later, when he emerged from the desert, he became God's spokesman and deliverer of his people. David, King David, at the time he wasn't king, he had to wait 15 years after anointing before becoming king. But these 15 years prepared him from a shepherd boy to become the king, a man after God's own heart. And he wrote many of the Psalms too. Daniel, Daniel stayed 70 years in Babylon. Practically grew older, but in that 70 years, he wrote the whole book of Daniel. Very important book that outlined God's dealings with his people for the future. Esther, Queen Esther, who started off as Jewess, an orphan that spent time in Persian king's palace. She lived for a time such as this, and then she saved the people, the whole population of the Jews from destruction. Paul had an encounter with Jesus in the Arabian desert. He spent time there, three years, three years, 
But when he emerged from desert, he became the greatest missionary ever. Each of these men and women of God spent a long time waiting while God prepared them. Perhaps you might not be in waiting yet, but when, not if, but when you do, will you trust your God who will give you refuge in your time of need? Hallelujah. Then you will find faith rising in the long run. Amen? Hallelujah. If you believe so, light up the online chat. Yeah, write it there. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Not only will God give you refuge in the long run, the second thing that God will give is revival. Revival, yes. Often we take revival to mean great gatherings of people swooning and crying and weeping. Revival essentially means a manifested injection of life into something that was lifeless of newfound activity that previously there was none. It was to be followed by a marking lasting change or transformation of behaviour. For revival to break out, repentance is also an essential hallmark. In Ezra 5 verses 1 and 2, Haggai and Zechariah prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem. Then Zerubbabel of royal descent and Joshua the priest set to work to rebuild the house of God. Scripture goes on to say that the prophets of God were with them together. All three aspects of God's people were supporting one another. Revival, in every case, as is evident here, is given by God by gathering His people represented by the prophet, the priest, and the king. It is not initiated by man. God had known that it would have taken 15 years to prepare His people. Now, they are ready for the revival. It's a season of finding faith and then work resumes. Amen? Remember Haggai's prophecy when you're studying the book of Haggai. In Haggai chapter 1, verse 8, he says, Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house, says the Lord, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured. By then, what happened? The people's immediate response was recorded further down in verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of God, the Lord, and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Often, what hinders a revival is the ill-preparedness of the people. This time, the people were ready, so work resumed in 520 BC, and the temple completed just five years later. Those 15 years in Zerubbabel's time fit into three short verses in Scripture. Ezra chapter 4, verses 24, going on to chapter 5, verse 2. Yet, they paint the picture that so many of us know so painfully well. Over and over again, in God's wisdom and love, He writes stories that require an awful lot of waiting. Then all of a sudden, after being left wanting and praying for months, maybe even perhaps years, you feel an accelerating rush of His favour in some area of your life. That's when God initiates a revival. Perhaps you may have prayed or cried for years for God to open the door for sharing Christ with a pre-believing loved one or a friend. You wondered if the hard ground would ever soften. Then suddenly, out of almost nowhere, she asks about God. Some crisis 
has emerged in her life. And that's a spark of interest, maybe even of desperation, of receptivity, the kind of spark that would light up our hearts for weeks. My wife and I had to pray to the Lord and seek Him for over 30 years for our parents before both my in-laws accepted the Lord. You know why? Because they couldn't see Christ, not by themselves, they couldn't see Christ in us until the Lord finished His preparation of us for them. Then God gave them both personal revivals. Perhaps God finally gives a significant victory over some besetting sin in your life. We may have wanted to win this war for so long, suffering injury after injury, heartache after heartache on the battlefield. Yet, we kept failing despite all that it cost us. Then God broke through and temptations faded. God moved in to finish what He started in our hearts. Perhaps the loved one has never met Jesus yet, or the sin has yet to be fully surrendered this side of heaven. But if we belong to God, our waiting is never meaningless or fruitless. It is in placing our faith in God that gives revival that will see us through in the long run. Amen. I recently got to know this lovely family from our church, and I've obtained a permission to share a testimony of their spiritual revival with you. The mum and dad's initials are PL and K, and they had two sons. For 15 years, PL has been visiting SIBKL occasionally, on and off, but has not committed herself to following Christ. During this period, PL's mother has been encouraging and praying for them. PL remembered vaguely both her husband, Kay, and herself, but it have even said the sinner's prayer 15 years ago. It wasn't until last year when her husband, Kay, who initially had every objection to Christianity, started to visit SIBKL. Why? Because the eldest son started attending our kids' zone. They also began to attend a home cell. Their faith was also greatly encouraged because there was a miraculous, complete healing of the younger son's congenital heart defect as the cell prayed alongside them. Then, two deaths happened within a span of eight months in a family. First was Piel's death due to illness, and then the eldest, seven-year-old son, suddenly went home to the Lord. There were months of anguish and questioning God as to why these events happened while cell members journeyed in them. Despite these doubts, Kay made a public acknowledgement of his faith in Christ, and Piel too was baptized. Both Piel and Kay, with the youngest son, are now attending services and cell more regularly. Praise the Lord! God has been watching over this family for a long, long time while they were seeking. He sent family and cell members to journey with them, especially in times of great need. Through all these impactful events, Jesus even brings about a personal spiritual revival. Often, when it's not even in our plans, but His. God's plans for us are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Hallelujah. If you want to praise God, go on, light up. Light up the online chat. Put in Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God will give you a personal revival in the long run. Thirdly, God will also give you resilience. If you are in for the long haul, 
challenges and opposition do not just cease after the first run. They come back again and again and again. To the exilic Jews, there were further opposition to the revival brought about by God a couple of years into the building of the temple. In Ezra 5, verses 3 to 5, it is mentioned that the challenge and threat came again from the authorities from Tetanai this time, the governor of Trans-Euphrates and his associates. But God did an amazing thing. He turned the threat into a blessing in state when he caused King Darius to command Tetanai and his company, hands off them, and to supply all that the Jews needed to build the temple in turn. What the devil meant for evil, God turns around for good. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 5 mentioned that the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews. God was watching over his people, just as he watches over you. Then the temple rebuilding work went on because God miraculously caused King Darius to support his own people. This time, when there was further opposition, work continues. Remember earlier on when facing opposition, work stopped. Then upon finding faith, work resumed. Now with further opposition, work will continue. There, that's God's given resilience here. That's God's given resilience. While they waited and wondered, God not only gave them victory, but He made them more than conquerors to help them find faith in their long run. God not only turned the heart of one pagan king, but two. The temple, against all their worst fears and against all odds, was finally finished. When God prepared His people to last long, He gave refuge first to His people until they are ready. Then He gave a revival to keep them going. And now he forges resilience into them until they can meet the challenges of the long run. That's our God. Think of Eleazar, one of the three mighty warriors of King David in 2 Samuel 3, who stood his ground and fought off an entire Philistine army until his sword froze to his hand. Here was a great warrior with a supreme sword. Then think of the blacksmith forged the blade of that sword in the heat of the furnace and then until it became white hot and the repeated pounding and pounding and then more heat and then plunging into cold water and then again pounding and pounding and pounding. When the process was repeated over and over again, the scrap metal from which it started became tempered steel, hardened and resilient for any battle in the hands of a skilled warrior. Now join with me to imagine now, God is the master blacksmith slash warrior, and you are the sword. In order for you to last for a long time, there has to be the hate, the heat of conflicts or threats, and the pounding of pressures and demands upon you, and the occasional co-dowsing of loneliness isolation. All in good time for God to forge resilience into you. Find faith and trust in your God who gives resilience. Amen? In closing, do not doubt God when either of these waiting or challenges or opposition come upon you. Know that we are going to go through difficult times, but we are going to be here for the long haul. Although God is unseen, He works behind the scenes and brings about the 
much needed transformation of his people into a chosen remnant through, come on, save it me, giving refuge, giving revival, and giving resilience. One more time, come on. Giving refuge, giving revival, and giving resilience. I remember First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 that says, In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Stop. These were the same verses my former church elder spoke to me when I was still in medical college, when my father passed away suddenly. In a church funeral that followed, I remember there was packed with pre-believing relatives from both my mom and dad's side that had never stepped into a church before. That was 34 years ago. It was a very challenging time for me, having to take over the reins as head of household at a young age. But as I look back today, over these long years, it was all worthwhile because to God's glory, many of my pre-believing relatives there heard the gospel for the first time 34 years ago. Many had come to know the Lord, from my dad's only sister, my sister, my mum, to all the siblings, and many of my cousins, uncle and aunties. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord indeed. Not only therefore must we fly high, but also to last long. We must place our faith in trust and in obedience to the sovereign Lord God that has all things under His control. In His time, He will bring about His divine purposes and goals through you, through you personally. Amen. Father God, we want to thank you for 25 wonderful years of high-flying events, things that you brought us through. You brought SIP chaos. And when we celebrated to your glory, to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, even just a short while ago last year. Lord, we just want to pray, Father, as we close for this season that is to come. Let it be a season full of your presence, a season that We'll be full of your grace too, so that in all things, at all times, having all that we need, we'll be able to abound in every good work. Father, we pray too for a deep understanding of your provision of refuge, refreshing, and revival. So, Lord God, that we may be more than conquerors and then to emerge victorious in the long run. Father, each individual out there, I don't know who they are, but you know, Lord God, the Lord, you know the desires, the heartbreaks that are out there. Lord, I pray that they will be met with a personal encounter with you. Lord Jesus, that if they have not known you, that today itself, they will repent and they will come into a saving knowledge of you, Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray too that those who know you, that will have a relationship with you, that relationship will become thriving and alive, a living relationship with our living hope. Father, we want to thank you so much that even as we come away from your presence this morning, Lord, I pray a blessing over my dear brothers and sisters and friends that the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be one and all until we meet again.
Some of you may have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible tells us that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved and you will have eternal life. Today, if you want to receive Jesus, why don't you follow me in this prayer? Father God, I confess I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you sent Jesus Christ, your son, to die on the cross for my sins. He was buried and rose on the third day. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me and accepting me as your child. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen.